Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCollum. And here we are, my dear listener, my dear friend, you who are wise enough to be here. Hey, listen, here's the thing. We, I know, it's the day after Mardi Gras. Some of you, you don't know where you are. You woke up naked and hungover, and, and you're not clear. Uh, for others, it's Valentine's Day. You've been looking forward to this day like I have, and my kids have, and my wife has, and we had a special breakfast and special everything because it's Valentine's Day, and we're so excited, and we're going places today. It's such a great day. Either way, we're delighted to have you, and uh, we're going to learn some stuff today. If there's one thing I promise you, my friends, it is edutainment. It is education and entertainment here each and every week, talking to people out there doing something in the world of coaching or human development that is important, and today is such a day. First of all, let's talk. If you're like me, well, God help you, if you are, you are looking for the finest things in life. You like the, the best wherever you go, and if you're looking for the finest coach training in the world, and I'm not talking about hyperbole, I'm not talking about a sales pitch. I'm talking about truly the finest coach training program in the world. Check out Accomplishment Coaching. You can find them on the web at accomplishmentcoaching.com. They're in North America throughout uh, the United States and now in Canada. This program is better than any other coach training program and almost by any, and by any measure I can think of. If we want to talk about successful graduates, their graduates are more successful in the marketplace than other, than uh, on average, than other coaching schools. If you want to talk about more coaching training hours. If you want to talk about getting more coaching by uh, a, a professional coach, if you want to talk about giving more coaching to actual live human beings that they bring in from the outside world, not just coach your neighbor or practice this tool with the person sitting next to you. It's an extraordinary program and you should check it out. Accomplishmentcoaching.com. Here's the places. You ready? Here are the places that you can go find them uh, all over the United States. They've got them in San Diego, California, Seattle, Washington, Chicago, Illinois, the Windy City, uh, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and New York City. So I said all over, but they're sort of a big blank spot in the South. You should probably have them start one there. And if you're in Canada, Victoria, B.C., fly to Victoria and do this program. It's extraordinary. Um, Speaking of extraordinary, man, I'm delighted about our show today. As I said, it's the day after Mardi Gras. It is Valentine's Day. What better day to have for an entire hour, our entire show today, a sex coach, a sexologist, a sexuality educator, sexual wellness coach, a feel-good activist, unapologetic on a mission to radically improve the way we think about and treat sexuality, ourselves, and each other. We're going to talk today about love, sure, but mostly about the physical manifestation of the will to live, sex. I'm delighted to introduce to, I believe, for the first time on our show. We've been here for 16 years doing this show, and it's her first time on, and, and that's on me. Um, Dr. Jill is known as the sexologist. In fact, you can find her at thesexologist.com. And 
just an extraordinary human being. She has three degrees in human sexuality, including a PhD and a master's in education. Uh, the only known person on the whole planet who does. So that's pretty cool. We're delighted to welcome to our microphones Dr. Jill. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I understand you are super <laughs> duper busy today, and we're delighted to have you. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. Yeah. So happy to be here. Thank you. Okay. Let's. Um, oh man. Let's just get to it. Ready? With you. Here's here's mm-hmm. the here's the plan. We'll talk about we'll talk about normal stuff first, and then we'll get to the kinky stuff <laughs> later. Okay. I was, I was, uh, frequent listeners of this program know that I do the, uh, New York Times crossword on a daily basis. And I was delighted to find today. One of the clues was a bad place for a bowling ball or your mind. Want to know what it was? (laughs) Please tell the gutter, the gutter, but we're going to spend most of our time there. there. All right. Uh, first of all, is it a good idea? So you're somebody that works as a coach with people on, uh, sexual issues. Is it a good idea for people to get sex coaching or is this only for people who have like serious trouble, serious issues? No, I mean, I think that sexuality, and I believe, and I've seen that sexuality impacts and ripples into every single area of life. It really is the center of what makes us human, and it comes into every other area. So sometimes we'll find that sexuality issues are at play for things that don't necessarily feel sexuality related and vice versa. A lot of the the actual week-to-week work that I'm doing with people has nothing to do with sex, but we know that it's impacting their sexuality. So I think it's very connected, so I don't think you necessarily have to feel like you have a major sexual problem to benefit from sexual coaching. Great. What's the what's something that that people would call you in for to get some coaching around? Is this like people like me who've been married for a while and things are so routine, or is it people who are just looking for some, like uh, you know, single people who are out there who are looking for something beyond swiping right? What what sort of um, mainstream issues are you talking with people about? Both of those certainly come up. Um, also, a lot of a lot of stuff around body image and genital function and feeling um, what's normal or not normal, feeling um, uncomfortable with touch, a lot of discomfort and confusion around asking for what one wants and feeling like um, they can't just say what it is that they need or want from a partner, Um, a lot of work around communication, um, a lot of stuff around, um, you know, it can come from you know, trauma histories, but sometimes not of just touch or intimacy being very, very difficult. Um, so working through all of that as well. It really runs the gamut, for sure. Great. So, and and is it better to do this in an in individual thing, one-on-one, or do you sometimes have couples or trios or polyamorous communities of like-minded individuals come in together? I definitely prefer working with individuals one-on-one because, you know, with the coaching relationship, I really feel like I'm working with each individual human and they have their own experiences and goals and desires. And it's, it creates a quite a dynamic when you're working in dyads. So I like to, you know, work on the individual and they'll find even if their partner isn't in a separate session that they'll, um, the ripple goes out, you know, and if they're showing up into the sexual relationship as their best sexual self, then that's going to have a positive impact. 
It's really clear. Um, today, uh, the the three people, <laughs> the three of you that are, uh, watch us on YouTube will note that I dressed up today. I dressed up fancy in my pretty clean <laughs> shirt, but I also wore my goofy tie because I think everybody's goofy about sex. Everybody that, you know, I think that we think, I think. I think we think that other people are know stuff about sex that we don't know and that we think that we're goofy. Is that true or do most people not feel that way? It, it's funny because I feel like both are and opposites are true at the same time. I feel like a lot of ways that people think that what they do and feel and believe sexually is what everybody else does. And this is a lot of times where we get bias and judgment. Like other people think, I'm like, that's weird. Or why do people do that? Yeah. Um, and, and our cultural judgment and sex negativity comes from something we don't do or we don't like. And so we project this out and find this, you know, and, and create this kind of shame thing. But also, at the same time, we also tend to think, are we normal? Is this weird about ourselves? Um, and think that we're the only ones who feel this way and we're the only, you know, everybody else is doing it right. I'm the weirdo. So there's a lot of, there's both. I don't know how both opposites are true at the same time, but I definitely think that there's truth to what you said, that we kind of feel like, oh, this is, I'm the only one who's goofy like this. Yeah. Um, is there... It, when you first, if look, you've talked to thousands of people now. People have read your books. People have done your courses. People work with you one on one. What's if you could wave your magic wand and give the whole world, or at least the whole Western civilization, some some piece of information, tidbit, or advice around sex? What would you give us? Hmm. Um, I would love for us all to um, to believe that we are worthy of sexual self-compassion and that, you know, I think that that is such a powerful thing that when it comes to our sexuality, if we were taught anything, and a lot of times we weren't taught anything about sexuality mm-hmm. growing up, but if we did, we might have got messages about shame, that something's wrong or something's weird or we don't talk about that or we didn't use the correct word for things because there was so much shame about stuff. And these scripts about what it's supposed to be and what women are supposed to do and what men are supposed to do and how they're supposed to behave and dress and look. And there's just all this stuff. And I think that this makes us feel very bad and hurt. And I think that we and act out in hurtful ways and there's sexual violence and there's domestic violence and there's shame and there's all this. But And so I feel like if we could be sexually self-compassionate and make space for who we are, and have some gratitude and love around that. I think that that would that would be my magic wand, uh, to, you know, sprinkling onto the world if I could. I think it would just be lovely for all of us to live like that. That is beautiful. That that oh, and uh, <laughs> the the current hit Despacito, and you've got yourself a great evening, right? <laughs> a little self compassion <laughs> and a nice maybe uh, some wine. All right, let's talk about. Um, um, Man, I am, as a parent and as a human who is alive right now, I'm terrified about how people learn mm. about sex, right? Mm. I'm, yeah. I, I just read the, the study, you probably know all about it, but I just read this study that came out of uh, teenagers and how and where they're getting their information about sex, and it is pornography. And therefore, they're going out and doing, you know, first of all, jackrabbiting you know all these young boys are are getting these beautiful young women and and you know doing jackrabbit stuff and there's all this you know uh machismo and posturing and people are are 
young women are doing things that I believe that they've learned from porn is something that guys like, even though they don't like it. And there's all this sort of pressure from how people are learning. What's a what's a good way for people to learn? And any any comments on what I've said so far? Oh, goodness, I could talk a hundred years about the crisis that is sex education Mm -hmm. uh, for us. Um, Oh, my goodness. It's I mean, I agree. Um, I I did a workshop um, last week and it was a mixed age audience. And the question, the icebreaker question was, what did you learn about sex growing up? And the people who were, you know, in their 40s and their 50s and their 60s were talking about, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, and I had to hear bits and pieces from my friends, or maybe I found a magazine. I, I was left in the dark. I was completely confused. And then you have our, you know, our 70s you know, and 80s, and especially these 90s kids who are now you know, in their 20s, saying, well, I was confused, and then I went online, and I found a bunch of information. So in some ways, it's information not sitting around confused. They feel like they knew stuff. The right. problem is what they knew is inaccurate. And I'm like, I don't know which is worse. Um, so when you have pornography, which is fine, and it has its place, um, but it's entertainment. And when people who are confused about their sexuality, who no one's telling them anything, and they're like, is this normal? I have these feelings. I'm confused. And then they have this readily available resource that's plentiful and very exciting and interesting, giving them information about what it's like or what, how people behave sexually. Um, it's not, <laughs> it's not what we want them to be learning because it's not true, right? Like people don't walk down the street and pull up a van and, you know, have sex with five people and go along a day and film it. Like that's not what most people are doing. Um, but these are kind of the messages. So I would love to see real comprehensive sex education being, uh, empowered to parents, um, and schools and culture at large. Um, so I would love to see, I have so many sex educator friends and, you know, we are an underemployed batch a lot of times because, you know, the work that we do isn't valued. And I would love to see communities setting up spaces where sex, you know, people who are trained and love to do this work are coming in and offering work wherever, you know, in a yoga studio and wherever, um, and doing true comprehensive sex education. So this not only includes the truth about the anatomy and about relationships, but also about sensuality, about intimacy and connection with other human beings, about the reproductive aspects, about gender and orientation and the way that we exist as sexual people in the world, about power and oppression and sexuality and the way that violence and things like that can manifest about our culture and the way our laws and our policies and our you know cultural traditions and our music um all come together to make us who we are sexually and tapping into all of those issues i think would be comprehensive so i have very lofty world views about what i would love to see um because i would like no one to really feel confused and feeling like you know they have to go to Pornhub to get their questions answered which is a terrible, terrible place to get your question answered. I've done, I've done extensive research on this, so I can tell you that yeah. the, the van place and the porn hub place, not and a, a good... And a lot of times I'll hear parents be like, uh, oh, God, like, I don't want to talk to them. Like, they're, they're not ready for this, or right, they don't right. want to know. And I'm like, honey, <laughs> they're going to find out. Do you want them to hear it from you and your values, or do you want them to learn about it 
from, from you know from a van on the street that's right exactly <laughs> all right let's talk uh so so that people know and forgive me i believe that i sent them to the wrong place so let's be, let's get people to know about you and your work uh the website to go oh, to sure. is the sexologist s-e-x-o-l-o-g-i-s-t dot org this is dr joe mcdivitt you can yep. get books there sex positions for every body fighting the crusade against sex and the upcoming Hashtag 88 dates. Um, we've also, you also have classes and people can actually play and have fun and have interactive uh, sessions while learning new things, uh, confirming things you may already think you know, and uh, sort of expanding your mind, right? In addition, of course, coaching. Mm-hmm. What, what, um, there's also free stuff and blogs. Uh, where should people start when they get to the sexologist.org? What's, what's a good first place for people to sort of introduce <laughs> themselves to your work? Um, the, um, the blog, and, I, and interestingly enough, if you want to really get a, you know, capture like what it is that I'm trying to do with all these kind of seemingly unrelated things, I do the coaching with the 101, which could be more serious and be more, you know, you know, the one-on-one aspect. And then I have these classes, and they can be kind of silly and funny. And then I have these books that are, you know, and then I have these toys, and they kind of seem to be all over the place. Um, So what really can capture what it is I'm about, honestly, is the social media, because that's my day-to-day thinking. So, you know, my Instagram, for instance, Sex Back Jill, also Facebook. And every day I'm posting and kind of building the case day by day of what I would hope that you're feeling around your sexuality and what I hope that you can put out into the world as a sexual being so we can be in community. Um, and so a lot of this is just this day-to-day thing of sometimes it's serious and I'm on a rant about, you know, um, so, something around rape culture, and the next day I'm posting something silly about, you know, penis lattes, um, and sometimes I'm, you know, posting something <laughs> really terrible. empowering and kind of take each... What's that? <laughs> that tastes terrible. Penis lattes? Oh. <laughs> Somebody is very artistic with creating the <laughs> foam in very. Oh, it's just a picture. Okay, good. Um, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> uh, you know, and sometimes I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm rooting for you, and you know, my, one of my favorite quotes is, "You're a sexual person first, and you share it second. Nice. and reminding people that their bodies are good and healthy, and their genitals are normal. So, you know, it's equal parts. I like what you said at the beginning about edutainment and your show, because that's very much my philosophy. So, you know, I think to really um, kind of capture what it is that I'm trying to do is is that, you know, edutainment, I want to entertain you, have fun. Sex is supposed to be fun. Sex education, sex coaching can also be really funny. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of laughing in my job. But it can also be really serious and, you know, there's space for that and learning and really deep learning. Um, so that's kind of what I'm about. And then the website is, is about my services and about, like, how can we work together? You know, whether it's you want to take a class or you want to work one-on-one or you're interested in my books or whatever that might be. Yeah. Let's, uh, so once again, thesexologist.org. Don't go to .com. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> O-R-G. And it's Dr. Jill McDevitt, and I want to make sure people know how to spell it because I have been misspelling it. Uh, McDevitt is M-C-D-E-V. I T T. That's M C D E V I T T. Um, let's talk about kink. Ready? You ready to get kinky? I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like how you took your time there too. All right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, just so you know who you're talking to, I once, when I was a younger, more handsome man, uh, I once did a, a men's um, 
seminar. You know, it was several days long. And and in, at, at like midnight on probably the third or fourth night, we start this group of 200 or 300 men start talking about sex. And we do this have you ever kind of game, right? And mm-hmm. just so you know, out of this 300 or 250 men, uh, I I had done the most with the most times with the most people stuff. So I I feel mm-hmm. like just based on that experience that I have some experience in this world. And yet there's a whole bunch of stuff that I've never tried, wouldn't consider and think is ewy, right? So let's talk about um, mm-hmm. let's talk about kink. It. I recently spoke to a, a yogi, somebody who teaches yoga and lives a yoga lifestyle. And I said, so, you know, in the bedroom, are you like doing some wild yoga stuff? And the brilliant coach that she is, she said, uh, no, just the normal dirty stuff. What is, <laughs> are, are we really as a society just basically doing the same stuff over and over? Or are we pretty wide ranging in our interest, tastes and activities? I think that uh, human beings are very creative <laughs> with the ways they can stimulate themselves and others, both emotionally and with their genitals. So I think it's pretty amazing the things that people can come up with that interest them. But at the same time, there's certainly staples that are pretty common. I have a program um, called Sex Am I Normal, and where I'll get in front of an audience and I will ask very pointed questions, like your, what you mentioned at the men's seminar, like, have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? Um, and it's not even just sex behaviors, but also experiences and feelings and, like, polyamorous relationships. Have you ever, you know, been tested? Have you ever, you know, all these, um, just everything you can think of sexually, have you ever done it? Um, and then people have their phones, and they can anonymously text their response, and it comes up as, like, these bar charts nice. um, on the screen in the front of the room. So you really get a sneak peek into what people are doing. Mm-hmm. And it never ceases to amaze the variety. You know, things that you might see might seem a little unusual, you know, 70% of the room has done this. Um, and some things that you might, you hear culturally being very popular, for instance, threesomes, you know, people talk about threesomes like they're, you know, very common. They're always in, you know, R-rated type movies where it alludes to this threesome getting started. Right. And that's, in my experience of teaching, that has been really uncommon. A lot, a lot of people have said that they've done a threesome. Um, but lots of people have talked about having, you know, being tied up and whipped, for instance, or, you know, doing some, you know, unique different types of sex acts. So um, both and all, just like all, all my answers about sexuality are usually like yes and also no, because uh, we're just so unique. Okay. Well, let's, sure. talk, let's, let's get a little more specific and a little more dirty, okay? So, um, yeah. Uh, this whole, like, uh, you know, uh, Fifty Shades thing, is that revealing something mm-hmm. that's been prevalent in the, in, the, uh, in the culture, at least in the Western civilization? Or is it really, like, something that people are excited about but we're not doing so much? Or has it, has it renewed oh, people's interest? What? I, can I just say, <laughs> uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey has been one of the bane of my uh, recent career um, because it is such a misrepresentation of good, dirty BDSM kink sex um, because it's missing the key component of what kinky sex is about, and that is, you know, the the consensual release, you know, the power that comes from relinquishing control and also the, the power that comes from being endowed control in a consensual setting. Otherwise, it's just really assault. Um, 
so that power dynamic was completely flipped upside down in this book. We have the main female character being afraid of him. You know, the male character um, uses manipulation tactics, is manipulative. Um, you know, things that we see as red flags in, in truly abusive and domestic violence type relationships. So for me, there was, when the Fifty Shades came out and I was like, is this something that people, like your question, is this something that people are interested in? And now this book is giving them permission to let it out and talk about it and explore it. Or is this people getting ideas? And they're like, huh, I never thought of this before, but this sounds really exciting. Um, Either way, I'm concerned um, because that's not a great representation. So if people are doing what's in that book, they're, you know, that's not, (laughs) that's not the greatest. But I do think ultimately, so it's been a few years now, um, ultimately it was, you know, my fears I feel like have been, lessened a bit because I feel like it was the best case scenario that people were seeing through a lot of that and they're just doing the actual behaviors. So maybe if they're using Benoit balls or, you know, they have some type of um, kink room and they're definitely doing the types. I cannot tell you how I sold out of Benoit balls when this book came out. Um, people were coming in. Do you have rope? Do you have handcuffs? Do you have silk ties? Do you have, you know, the, the vagina balls? Can we, can we buy these? How do we use these? Lots of questions. So I really think a lot of this was ideas. People were like, ooh, this is different. And now I have permission to explore it because everybody in the world is talking about it. Um, but I was, of course, always giving folks the, like, okay, but here's how to do it in a safe and fun way. Here's where the book got it wrong and to, you know, not, not do that part of it. So my so ben, I think yeah Benoit I think balls. it was mostly new ideas yeah so my Benoit balls I should they're meant for vagina okay my bad um, the, <laughs> that's a different thing <laughs> <laughs> you need the stopper for that <laughs> and also it's it helps if they're on a, in the ER <laughs> if, if they're on a string you need the string so you could yeah, anyway you need a um, string. <laughs> well, let's uh, uh what about uh, oh my gosh we're gonna run out of time okay um. <laughs> Yeah, we're. I think we're about uh, to take a break. I want to let people know that uh, the place to go, and this is just a break, people. When we come back, we'll continue talking about kink. We'll talk about sexual politics and the Me Too movement and more. Uh, meanwhile, go to thesexologist.org and find out more about Dr. Jill McDevitt and all of her great work, including the blog, Start There, but also check out the classes, the coaching, and, of course, the books. Um, Dr. Jill, if somebody if somebody's not coming back for the second part, what do you want them to be? What do you want them to take with you? Not take with you, take yeah, with I them. Think, you know, you know I mean? um, that you know. I hope that you know, if sexuality is something that's uncomfortable for you, or um, you're bashful about. Um, I hope that even just this conversation helped you be you know, that much more open and comfortable and aware and that you can you know can continue to explore and you know that human development piece of your sexuality even just through this conversation great yeah that and i love the compassion piece compassion is the number one when we come back we'll talk about her hashtag 88 dates project and more as well as kink sexual politics the me too movement and power and sex you're listening to the coaching show here on wsradio.com stay with us we'll be right back Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. 
ChristopherMcCullough.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. 